Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. I'm Eben Novi Williams. And I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast, where we, we, no Eben, explore the big money issues in the world of sports. Today, we begin with a sprawling scandal. I mean, this is, <laughs> this is huge. Over college admissions, uh, wealthy parents, celebrities all involved in this. Paying bribes, according to what prosecutors say, from $100,000 to $6.5 million to get their kids into elite schools. This includes paying collegiate coaches to designate applicants as athletic recruits. U.S. Attorney Andrew Lulling announced the charges yesterday. We've charged 50 people nationwide with, with participating in a conspiracy that involved first cheating on college entrance exams, meaning the SAT and the ACT, and second, securing admission to elite colleges by bribing coaches at those schools to accept certain students under false pretenses. I think the only thing here, and a lot of people are saying it, is how much do we know about this? Is this just scratching the surface? Well, for this show, and Eben and I were discussing it earlier, it's about the system. One that there are lower standards for athletes to get into these schools. That's the only reason why this worked. Because if you're designated as a recruit, your grades do not need to be as high as any ordinary student. That's one. Two, while the Shashevskys and the Sabins make crazy money, the swimming coach, the soccer coach, they do not. And you could see why they would be susceptible to perhaps taking the money and helping somebody out. Yeah, I think Scott has it right there. I mean, the the, the perverse incentives here. The you know the thirtieth person on your collegiate swim team uh, is not going to make or break your uh, your career as a coach. But but the, if the parent is willing to pay you know five x your annual salary just to, just to, for a little nudge to get them in, you can see how this is something that gets exploited. Um, in my opinion, this should be a bigger deal for college sports fans, quote unquote, writ large, than than the other kind of scandal that gets so much more attention. Right. When you hear college recruiting scandal for sports, you know, your mind immediately goes to, you know, assistant coach with a bag of cash, giving it to one of the best players in the country. Um, those types of scandals where, where money goes to typically less well off families or kids uh, to me should not be as big a deal as the really wealthy parents who are paying off coaches money flowing directly to the institution, not the other way around. Uh to uh, to get their kids, not even athletes, not even the best athletes in the world, the the worst athletes in high school Evan, are the ones involved here. You know that oftentimes, if you look at the end of the college basketball bench, these kids don't play. Oftentimes, they're there for another reason. Anyway, either the parent gives money, or they can help the GPA of the team, which the NCAA mandates nowadays. So. Yeah, th this is the you're right about that, and this is the, this is the gray area that I think college sports needs to kind of reckon with as part of this, right? Because you're right, every single college football team, the 85 scholarships, the roster is 115 people. Every college football team has players that don't deserve to be there on their talent alone, and it's true of college basketball too, especially in this era of one and done. Where you can have you can have seven stars, they all leave. You can refill them with seven freshmen, right? There's a back end of that first 14 man roster, and yes, you're right. Those people serve other purposes, whether it's your graduation rate, whether it's your GPA average, whether it's you know family members that that donate a lot of money. But the real heartache here, let's let's all admit it. The real heartache here is that Aunt Becky from Full House got caught. <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, that's the real heartache. <laughs> no, no, 
it can't be Lori Laughlin. No. You know, Laughlin, the thing about is. that is, and you, you just brought up about uh, trying to get in through the back door from, you know, athletic standpoints, whatever. Apparently, it, according to what prosecutors say, she set it up to where they were trying to get on the crew team. Yeah. And uh, they got in, except uh, they can't row a damn boat at all. Right. And I, I just... A lot, of, it's, a lot of times it's just made-up profiles. Yeah, just send me a picture of your kid with a ball in, in his or her hand. And, I mean, that, that's how bad it was. And to be clear, this is this is a side door that gets used without bribery often, right? I mean, the, the fact that at your pick an Ivy League school or any of these other elite institutions, the fact that your, your, your academic admission standards are lower for athletes. There are athletes out there who say, I really want to row at Princeton. I'm going to do it. The coach is like, right. great, this is a good rower. And the minute they get in, they never show up at no, practice. By the way, Barr, no truth to the rumor that the library of Princeton is called the Novi Williams Library. <laughs> because Evan wanted a spot on the lightweight football team. No truth to the rumor. Well, you know, the other thing, and this is probably the biggest thing that really burns me up, is that all this and, and all the allegations, the, the people who worked really hard trying to get to these schools who busted their fannies trying to do all this, do the work, all the academics, I, I saw they Jam got denied. I saw Jamel Hill, and I, and I don't quote Jamel Hill often on the show, <laughs> but I did really like one of her takes yesterday. So people of color, minorities are told, well, you know, you just work hard and uh, you know, pull up by your bootstraps. Oh, yeah? Well, have we have the same opportunity even if we do that? Yeah. Is that is that what's being said here? Th yeah. This is just a case... Of the wealthy being able to do it, there is absolutely a socioeconomic and a of race course. component to this, without without question. Um, and there is also there's also a part of this that is kind of funny, right? That there is, uh, if you look into the details, there are the the the. the Hollywood-esque nature of the way some of these parents went about photoshopping their daughter's face onto a different water polo player or yeah. buying a hat and balls or at Amazon kid, and staging a thing well, in the pool, but, but a the photo kid, shoot. One, one, one of the kids being all over Instagram saying, you know, I really don't want to do any work, but I would like yep. to... Uh, it was Lori Laughlin's kid. Uh, yeah. Oh, was it? Okay. I, I was getting like to paid, I think, I'd like by, to, Amazon by Amazon. Few, yeah. I'd like to experience the partying at USC in the football games. Really? That's a bad look. But and, I'm not interested in school. That's, really. Yeah, that's a bad look. And uh, if we think about what, cha I mean, the, there's a whole non-athletic part of the scandal that we're not talking about, about about grades and, and, and test scores and all that. But, but from an athletic standpoint, if we think about what changes moving forward, I'm not sure. I mean, it, it, this is a loophole. You can't really close... It's harder to oversee, as you said, Scott. You know, the, the these are teams that are not revenue generating sports. Your average athletic director is not caring all that much about what's happening with his sailing team. He has he has more important things uh, to be doing. He or uh, she. He or she. The you know the the no one is vetting at least right now. Very few people are vetting the relationships their coaches have. There's very little vetting of if a coach says this person is a good water polo player, not because they played in high school, but because they played in Serbia in their summers. That's a hard thing to yeah. vet as it is. I, I don't know how much change is moving forward. So, Bar, I asked you, we were joking earlier, what's harder to get, a medical exemption to use Adderall or something, or more time, a medical exemption to get more time on your standardized tests? You know what? That's part of it, too, because that was part yeah. of the cheating. Get That's more right. time, and then the proctor can... Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that need to be looked at. Uh, let's move on to the New York Knicks owner, James Dolan. A follow-up to a story we talked about Monday. He went on ESPN Radio and talked to Michael Kay about that incident over the weekend when he was caught on video 
reacting to a heckler. And here is what he had to say. You know, I mean, look, not for nothing, but, uh, you know, I shouldn't have taken the bait. You walked right into it. I did. <laughs> you know, I will say, you know, we had just lost again, right? Yeah. The, the, uh, and, you know, and I'm, you know, believe it or not, I get very frustrated with it, too. I got to revisit what I said Monday to today. Okay. I, I got to revisit it. Reinforcing or changing? I, He's well, changing. He's well, here's, here's the, part of it is, yeah, I'm changing this, but and I'll get to another incident that happened over the weekend about a fan heckling an NBA player. I think it was Westbrook. Yes. Mm -hmm. But I'll get to that in a second. It, it, you know, it, and he just said it. It's like, we just lost and you caught me at a bad time is basically what it was, what it comes down to. Understood. Did he reverse the decision? Is, no. is the, fa the fan is still banned? No, yeah, for, yeah, no, he didn't reverse That's totally it. unacceptable. Um, but even besides that, I mean, the rest of the interview, it's about, I'm sure we're going to get marquee free agents. That's what I'm hearing. Then he's, he said something about Bill Simmons is plotting with an NBA GM to sabotage the Knicks. It's just this sort of weird stream of consciousness. And I'll tell you, like, here's my experience. It always stuck with me, and I don't know why. Years ago at the NBA Technology Summit that they hold at the All-Star Weekend, it starts very early in the morning, so I'm probably there at 7 a.m. or so waiting for everybody to arrive, and I see Jimmy coming in, and I sort of take a couple steps in his direction, and I say, Jim. And all I wanted to say was, good morning. Like, I've dealt enough with Jim to know that he's not answering my questions. You know, it just wasn't the right time anyway. I, I get it. But I took just a step. I was like, Jim. And he, he literally grunted at me with the hand in the air as if to say, like, not now kind of thing. Like, uh-uh. And he didn't even really acknowledge except for the uh. You know? and, I stopped, and I said, Jim, I was just going to say good morning. Like, See? that was it. I was just going to say good morning. And I think it resonated. He, he, he stopped. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Good morning. And then he went about his business. So I understand he's, he's probably heard it in, in so many times that there is an element that I do understand that he, there's a barrage, a wave of criticism at the man that at any moment something like that could make him snap a little bit. And say, I'm just sick of it. So in fairness, I mean, even in a setting of Tech Summit, I'm just saying hello. It was just like, Meh. Is there another owner in sports that would do this? No, right? Is there another of the 120 sports major sports teams in the U.S.? Is there another owner that would hear sell the team as he's walking down the tunnel after a loss, confront the fan, and kick him out of the building for life? There can't be. Oof, I'd, ha I'd have to think longer about it. Uh, it's, I mean, I mean, the, the, Jim Dolan has you know. Th there's incidents like this. Seems like every year this one goes on the Mount Rushmore, but it's not well, the, the it's not o the ultimate. Oakley, one of his beloved. The one yeah. with the security guard who demanded yeah, who didn't his, know have his ID, his ID yeah. and that that person was fired. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah it, he just seems like the thinnest skinned owner in in sports, and it, it it just amazes me, right? And and to come out and and be, I didn't listen to the whole interview, but to be contrite like that, but also not reverse the decision seems. Yeah. Reach, out. Ridiculous, You're saying reach out. Right? Reach out. And yeah, say, and we heard David Stern here a couple weeks ago, right? Like the yeah. passionate fans are the ones that you know want to keep coming back, whether they're happy or unhappy. Like those are that's the core of your of your fan base. And today's uh, that's why I said the other day the way to handle it is to go over and kill them with kindness. Sure. And say oh, I'm ju I am just as frustrated as you. I get it. I'm sorry, dude. We're trying to get better. You know? Yeah. No, yeah, that, I, I. That's agree all. With Kill you. him I with kindness. To, but invite invite the guy to your box. Like I said, right? invite him down. Say, <laughs> yeah. what, let me hear some of your ideas. What, what what would you do? 
Let me hear some of your ideas. Now, right. I, I, and I agree with you, and that, and that kind of brings me to Russell Westbrook <laughs> because there is so much, and I guess I was coming from the, the standpoint, there's so, you know, you don't have to take a lot of guff from fans on that whatever. So let, Let's tell people if they don't yeah, know, right. apparently what Russell Westbrook says is there was some racially charged language hurled in his direction. Some How, insensitive as, things to his yeah, wife his as well. Yeah, but however, Mr. Barr, his response, his vulgar response, yeah. yelling at fans, these are the customers. Like you, you, you just, you just can't. What does he think he possibly wins by not only threatening the fan, yeah. but yeah. the vulgar language? For you know what you do, you call your security man who sits right behind the bench at every game. You point to the person and you say, "Get him out." Yeah, that's it. and and that it brings back to uh, what happened. Remember that Pistons game? It, in fact, it happened on my 14-year-old son's the birthday. The malice at the palace. Sure. True story, and- Bar. I'm watching. True story, just because it's fun. I was. I happened to be watching the game. That, so I'm watching. Boom, this happens. I picked up the phone, and I called Russ Granick, then the deputy commissioner of the NBA. And I'm like, are you watching Detroit? And he said, no. I said, you better put it on. Yep. They're beating up the fans. He Ron said, Artest. He, he said, then. what? Yeah. I said, they're in the stands punching the fans. I got to go. It, it, it that was unreal, and it, and that brought me back to the Dolan thing when we, what happened with Westbrook. And you're exactly right. What you guys are saying It's like, yeah, okay, stop with the Guff fans, but you can't come back and do that. And and it made me think about about Dolan. It's like, hey, you can chill. You just gotta let it go, especially because we're talking apples and oranges in terms of what was said. Yeah, yeah. right. I mean, I don't know exactly what was said to to Russell Westbrook. It sounds like it was bad. Right, what Jim Dolan got was a was a a, a moderate, if that, uh, insult. Tame for, for yeah, angry sports fan standard. Yeah, right. by the by the MSG. Sure. Finally, oh, first day of the NFL free agency. Two big moves to talk about with New York teams. The Giants they traded Odell Beckham to the Browns, and the Jets they are signing Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> this is huge. Let me start. Let's let's start with Odell Beckham Jr. Go. They he's going to the Cleveland Browns. In return, the Giants get a first rounder. I think it's the seventeenth overall pick. Then they get the third round pick, and then they get uh, uh, Jabril Peppers. Jabril yeah. Peppers. The, the fact is, Bar, and this is the business of sports show, and the business of the NFL is all about salary cap management. You know, if you can do more with less, you win. Odell Beckham will count $16 million on the Giants' salary cap. Dead money, dead money. kills you in the NFL. The Giants have $32 million in dead money this year. Right. So, so he's he's just half of the dead money that the Giants yeah, have. We talked about Antonio Brown counting mm-hmm. more than $20 million on the Steelers' cap. So, And Levy and Bell, by the way, I sat out the season, he lost $15 million. I mean, I hope he's happy, but... You have a finite career, man. Fifteen million dollars that he will never see again. Yeah, Bell refused to play last year, as as most listeners know. Had a fifteen million dollar tender that he could have signed at any point. Chose not to. Set out the whole year. Uh, a lot of people are kind of dragging him. The, the deal he signed with the Jets, four years, fifty-two million. I think only thirty-five of that guaranteed is, is guaranteed. All that matters, yeah. um, people who are much smarter in this world than us seem to think that that's roughly the deal he was going to get at the end of this year anyway, whether he played yep. or didn't. Yep. Um, so you can take that to, to read that he has $15 million he's, he's never going to get back. $15 million, yeah. Or, you know, playing on a, on a 
one year deal with no guarantee after that uh, as a running back when you're you know in your late 20s doesn't sound all that enticing either. Um, does certainly seem as though if you look at the two stars from Pittsburgh, um, both of whom certainly seemed unhappy at times last year, Antonio Brown seems to have come out very well from yes. it um, and, and maybe a little more more question marks surrounding Le'Veon Bell. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. I'm Michael Barr. By the way, we're going to go out on this. Whatever happened to predictability? The milkman, the paper boy. You know what this is, yes, right? I do. Yeah. Full house. Get to live in here. Show those kids down, you know, traveling in the uh, convertible, whatever. By the way, Scott Zosnick and Evan Ovi Williams are with us. I want, to, I want to give a little DJ here. Let him have a little music and say, we are here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday exploring the world of money and sports. Join us again at the end of the week when we speak with Carolina Hurricanes owner Tom Dundon. <laughs> a talented producer would bring the music down now while you were finishing bar. A talented you're, producer. You're, we this, got Colin Tipton. This is going to go up now. I was going to say it. <laughs> you're listening to the Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world and online where you get your podcast. <laughs>